Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. And welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. It's matchmaking time coming off of a when the moments counted, they really counted UFC Vegas 40 fight card. I, I mean, that's probably the nicest way to put it. But no matter how a fight card shapes up, ladies and gentlemen, we show up here the next morning and we talk the what's next. I am Mike Heck and joining me as always, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, my best friend, and your best friend as well, but I'm at the top of the list. He's at the head of my table, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. How are you, sir? Mike, you're the only best friend. Again, I, <laughs> I, I'll say this every week. I do appreciate people when they message me saying, what is up, my best friend, A.K. Lee? Uh, I appreciate this sentiment. I love you all. I have, there's one best friend when it comes to <laughs> the MMA world, all right? And it is Mike Heck. Uh, first of all, Mike, I, 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 I apologize. I couldn't join uh, you and the, and, the, and uh, Casey and the listeners and fans on the post-fight show. Uh, I was I was ha- taking point on some uh, UFC stuff on Saturday night, so was not available. But uh, I, I should give follow up my gymnastics rating. I said this card had the potential to be a 6.5 at best if everything went right. I feel very comfortable with that assessment now. And also saying that it did not hit that mark. I'll, I've never failed a UFC card before. And again, this is, all, this is all said with respect to, of course, the athletes who who are signed on to compete on these things. This was like a 4.8. This was a fail. This card was a fail. This was like if someone asked me straight up, is this card worth watching top to bottom? Uh, no. No, I, I would say I would say it's, it's not worth it. You can pass. It's fine. I would say pick a couple of fights. Watch some of the highlights on MMAfighting.com. And that's it. That, that's what I was saying. I would say you, you cannot justify watching this card top to bottom, even skipping commercials, skipping the breaks if you're you know rewatching it. It was not a good card. So I fail it. It fell right off the pommel horse, Mike. It, it felt it, it did. You know, it's on the or the balance beam. It's just the same thing. Ah. Yeah, I would say watch the fights. I would say watch the finishes. And that's probably it. Yeah. But be that as it may, let's get right into this thing, AK. I'm not going to mince words, kind of building upon what you just said. The main event of this card, 
To quote one of my all-time favorite people covering the sport right now, one might call him my best friend. It was a fight. Mm-hmm. But it was a fight that Norma Dumont won. Yes. And, you know, I, I know I'm sprinkling a little salt here, but all in all, I had zero issue with the game plan from Norma Dumont. She fought tactfully. She defended takedowns. She was in very little danger in this fight. Hardly any trouble at all. And she won a main event fight. Is it a performance we'll remember for years to come? No. But will it make her bank account a little heftier? Yes. And that is more important than anything you, I, or anybody else could possibly say about it. So the question is, AK, where does Norma Dumont go now from her first main event victory? Just rebook the Holly Holm fight. Um, I don't care for it being for an interim title. I think, again, this is a fight night. Oh, the thing is, if they rebook it again, I don't know if they would want to make it a main event. I mean, this was really, again, one of those main events where there is, to what, ten, we have, what, 10 straight weeks of cards. Something's got a main event. Holly Holmes is still a big name. Um, I would be surprised if they rebooked this fight and want to make it a main event again. So, I, and I have no interest in seeing it for an interim title fight. I just, it's not necessary. If it gets the fighters paid more, fine. But as we always say, just pay the fighters more. You don't have to put some trinket on the line. Um, so I, I say rebook it. I would like to, and actually I'm fine with it being a three rounder. <laughs> we're being on, I'm kind of okay. Like it's, it's, a, it sucks again. It, it, it would be less, a less prestigious fight if they rebooked it's on another card, not as the main event, but I don't know if we need five rounds of this. So what a start, what a start. To yeah. I mean, <laughs> here's the way I'm approaching this. Okay. I'm not approaching it. I'm approaching more of what I think is going to happen, and I know this is going to be a completely unpopular answer, but it's a consistent one and one that I'm actually quite confident in even after that main event. Norma Dumont's next fight will be for a title. Now, the level of said title, based on kind of what you said, it depends on the champion of this division. So if Amanda Nunes rolls through Juliana Pena and she decides, you know what? I'm, I don't want to cut weight. I'm going to go back up to 45 and defend this title. Dumont's getting the title shot. Undeniably, she's getting the title shot. However, if Nunez wins on December 11th and says, you know what? I'm sick of people talking about it. I'm sick of that Mike Heck dude and those rogue panelists from MMA fighting questioning uh, whether or not I'm the best pound-for-pound pound women's fighter on the, the planet. Worst, Mike. Let's end the debate. Give me Valentina. Mm-hmm. Then I think the UFC is going to probably overbooked themselves on pay-per-view at some point in the first quarter of 2022 where they put like way too many title fights on like three consecutive cards and we're like now what are we going to do to kind of fill out this card that doesn't look as good as the others it would not shock me at all if the UFC rebooked the Dumont versus Holly Holm fight for the interim featherweight title we're all aware AK that this division is on life support and it lives with Amanda Nunes but it could also get a whole bunch of new life if the UFC can come to terms with Kayla Harrison. So, okay. I think the UFC is going to make an attempt, at least for now, to try and make this division as interesting as they possibly can, at least for the time being. So, that's my pick. It'll be a title fight for Dumont. It's either going to be against Nunes for the straight up title. If Nunes sticks at 35, fights Valentina, they will 1 million percent do the home fight for the interim belt. Guarantee it. That is some some Prince of Positivity stuff there, Mike. But I like it. Like, 
I, I've been very critical of the mere existence of the women's featherweight division just because, again, it's almost to everyone else. Why, aren't, why don't they build the division properly? And it's like, it's, it's really difficult to. There just aren't a lot of uh, athletes, of, uh, female athletes in that sort of weight class who can who can uh, fight at, the, at, the, at a high level. So um, there could be some growing pains if you want to see it grow. But you're right. I think that's one way to do it is, is, is for the UFC to lead the charge and sort of um, – Obviously, bringing Kayla Harrison and then yeah, keep Dumont you know busy. Keep you know it's 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 definitely something that can be built, but it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of time, more longer than it took to build strawweight, longer than it took to build flyweight. Again, two divisions that already had a lot of talents around the world, um, or talent in the UFC that could change weight classes. So I, I also kind of like what Dumont said about um, she wishes some of the 135ers would just go up to 145. And and just compete there, and not worry about the weight cut. But this is not just this is not just about 145. This is about a lot of weight class. I think we would say we're like we'd like to see many people cut out the extreme weight cutting part of their regiment and just fight another weight class. Mike, I think people. I'm sure you talked about this on the post fight show, but um, I, I, I I I I if you could just repeat for our reiterate for our onto the next one listeners your thoughts on sort of the Aspen Lad, Jim West, you know, Coach Jim West controversy. Yeah. So Casey and I. We're talking about some different things in regards to that. And I see both sides of it because one argument is this is too much. It's uncomfortable to watch. And I get that. And the other side of the argument is, well, Jim West talked to Aspen Ladd like that before the third round of the Yana Kunitskaya fight. And Ladd went in there and just annihilated her and finished her. So it motivated her in the right way. So it's hard for me to like watching it. On television, it was a little weird down the stretch. It just, it was like a volcano was like starting to pour out a little bit of lava. And then by like the end of the third round, it was starting to spew a little bit. And then before the fifth round, it just full on erupted. And it was, it was a little weird to watch. But we need to understand a couple of things. One, Jim West and Aspen Lad, they are together. They are a couple. They're not just trainee, trainer. They have a relationship. So he knows this woman better than anybody else in the world, probably. I, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. So maybe that's what she wants. You know, Lauren, like I talked to Lauren Murphy after the Valentina Shevchenko fight. Her corner took a vicious beating on how, like on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Oh, you got to be honest with her. You got to be real with her. And people were so upset. Daniel Cormier blasted. Lauren Murphy's husband and the rest of the team for not being real with Lauren and telling her that she's getting her ass kicked and she's down. And now we have as real as it gets, essentially, and people are upset about that, too. Like, what's the middle ground? Like, what do you want? You're getting both. You have problems with each. Is it just finding the middle, like the right down the middle? I I don't know. But Casey and I kind of landed on it's more on Aspen than... Jim West because you could see it right away Aspen wasn't there mentally she was not there and maybe this is Jim West who took blame for this he apologized said it was a little too harsh took responsibility for it and good on him for doing that but she wasn't there and the whole thing to me was we need to understand that sport is sport fans are very vocal in the sports world and it's there for us to watch and judge and Say what we want about it. And it's harsh in every sport. But we have to also remember that these athletes are people. They go through serious things. They have emotional roller coasters that they, that they, that they take rides on. Aspen Ladd has been on 
a serious emotional roller coaster, not just for three weeks, for two years. She's fought in two years. She's getting ready for a huge fight with Juliana Pena. Pena falls out and gets injured. Then she's getting ready to fight Sarah McMahon a couple months later. She tears her ACL and her MCL, knocks her out for over a year, trying to recover, trying to get ready to get back in the octagon. Then she's ready to get back in the octagon. Fight gets canceled the day before against Macy Chieson. Chieson suffers an injury, fights off. They rebook the fight. Lad misses weight, takes a beating from everybody. A week and a half later, she gets a chance to fight again. A bit less than that. Probably not even over everything that she'd gone through and was basically put in a must-take fight scenario. There's no way. If the UFC offers you that fight, if she says no, she's probably cut. The UFC probably releases her. She says yes, takes the fight. Emotionally, she probably wasn't even ready to take this fight. She took it. She didn't perform. And I think all those emotions just sort of capped off when she made the walk to the octagon. Because there's always emotions going in there. I can't imagine what that's like when you're walking into a cage getting ready to fight another human being. There's already crazy emotions there. But now you're taking everything that you've experienced the last two years and piling that on. That's a lot for anybody to handle. Especially somebody like Aspen Ladd, who's only 26 years old, people forget. So I think it's more of that. She just wasn't all there. And I think in a way, Jim just tried to fire her up. Like it maybe was a little harsh and he, he said as much himself. But I think he was, honestly, I was a little uncomfortable with it. But all in all, only two people know what motivates Aspen Lad, And it's those two people. And she didn't seem to have a huge problem with it. So neither do I, I guess. Mike, I think uh, you covered a lot, a lot of points there. I, uh, I agree with a lot of it. Um, I think, I think uh, one, uh, well, and, and, and I agree, especially because let's be honest, this is, we got a very, very brief glimpse of their relationship in this, uh, their professional relationship, I should say. Uh, this is like, these are sound bites. This is, this is a minute in between corners, broadcast on national TV. We don't know, th- that's such a small fraction of how, of their working relationship, right? Because the hours in the gym, like I said, they're also in a personal relationship. How do they communicate with each other that way? And a lot of us are now basing, uh, you know, sort of our thoughts on this, on just these two snippets we saw in between, I think rounds three and four, rounds four and five. And that's a very harsh thing to do. So. I, I do understand the optics of it. Uh, I don't know how many people were aware that they are a couple. I don't know if that makes it be- if that would have made it better or worse. Frankly, uh, I'm not sure how people would say it. I think some people would say, "Well, they're in a personal relationship; they can talk to each other a certain way." And then at the same time, people would say they're in a personal relationship; they shouldn't talk to this person that way on, on national television. I don't know, and I, I don't know where I, I, I sit on it because, like I said, I don't know enough about them professionally and personally to really make to really make a judgment call uh there's also the optics of course anytime a coach is sort of uh, you know is that she is a a woman a woman fighter and you know that it's just always going to look different a a male coach yelling at a woman for for, to a lot of the audience yelling at a woman fighter yelling at a male fighter i saw some people saying there's like a double standard and i'd say i don't really know if there is i remember like i would point to the max roscoff situation where his coach wasn't yelling at him but was definitely pushing him you know, maybe past the point of what was comfortable for a lot of us watching, if anyone remembers, and then Max Roscoff quit on, quote unquote, quit on the stool and got a lot of criticism for it. His coaches got some criticism for it as well. Um, but I think that would have been the same situation, man or woman. Th- this, I think maybe it would have been a little different, but it's it, it's definitely worth mentioning that there are gender dynamics in play as well. So, uh, I, I, but I, I agree with you. I think we should withhold a lot of our judgment. Let's take the statements that they both released after on Instagram at face value for now. If this becomes a bigger story in the future, of course, we're, we know, we're now paying attention to it. But, uh, 
but yeah, it was it was what I just call sort of an uncomfortable coaching moment, of which there are many in this sport, if we're being honest. Uh, especially the empty apex national television, you're going to see some stuff you don't want to see. So uh, I, again, I think there's a lot of valid opinions on it. Misha Tate definitely a voice that should be listened to. She's a she's a she's a, a fighter who's competed at all levels. Of course, a, a, a an influential woman in the sport, and uh, she called it abuse. And again, I don't know if I would use that word. But again, this is Misha Tate. I think she knows she has a different perspective on it. So definitely someone worth listening to um, when it comes to this this controversy. Yeah, we actually had a, a viewer chime in asking if Misha Tate maybe saw a little bit of herself in Aspen Lad because Brian Caraway was her longtime corner and they have not had the best of relationships. So maybe there's a part of Misha that just kind of sees her herself from seven or eight years ago as a 26 year old and. You know, it's it's been out there, the kind of guy Brian Caraway has turned out to be. So I'm not, I'm not breaking any news here, mm-hmm. but it is uh, it is kind of interesting. And a lot of people were talking about James, like James Krause rips into dudes sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. But like the Grant Dawson fight against Leo Santos, he ripped this dude, absolutely annihilated him. Hey, MFR, you gotta effing do it. Like I mean, he freaked out on him. It's an all time. Yep. And then he goes yep. out and finishes. And then Dawson goes out and finishes with like a second left in the fight. And it turns out to be one of the all time great promos. Now, what I'm curious about is if Aspen Ladd came out in that fifth round and knocked out Norma Dumont, would mm-hmm. we be having the same conversation? Yeah, no, it'd be a, it would be a different conversation. But I will say this: I saw a lot of people throwing that hypothetical out there. Well, if she had come out and won, we'd be praising him, which I agree. I I absolutely would. I think a lot of people would. But on on the, then on that same token, because she did because she kind of you know still end up losing the fight, then I think the criticism of what uh, uh, I think the criticism is warranted. If we're gonna, if we're gonna offer hypothetical praise, then I think we also have to we can remain critical of how the situation actually unfolded. But uh, I'm sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to. Uh, oh no, it's okay, lovely, it's okay. No, it was uncomfortable. Act. It was uncomfortable MMA, to watch. MMA is supposed to be fun. I always say this. So <laughs> thank you. Sorry, you had to rehash. I know some of the stuff you probably you said on the uh, on the post fight, but uh, I know you again. You're always so eloquent about it. So okay, I, I just wanted everyone to who who may not have heard the post fight show to get your to get our to get our take on it. And I will have you know, normally I don't like to reveal this information until it's done, but I have I, mm. I am trying to get Aspen Lad, uh, trying to get a conversation with Aspen. We try to get something going for fight week. It didn't happen. Her team promised me. Uh, that Aspen had already agreed to do an interview after the fight. So hopefully that stands. I don't know if this, this conversation and this sort of quote-unquote controversy changes things, but I am going to try to have this conversation because I feel I feel like if anybody can have it, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm in a good spot to, to have this conversation with her and, mm-hmm. and let her speak her mind and, and tell her truth. And maybe we'll get some answers and we'll feel better about it one way or the other. But that's the main event. Where Aspen Ladd goes from here, I don't know. I think she stays at 45. I think she should stay at 45, but I don't know how many options she's going to have. But if the UFC tries to build this division, we'll see. But The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Co-main event, AK. We have Andre Orlovsky winning his second straight fight. Second straight co-main event. And AK, he is 4-1. and one. In his last five fights. No. So we know where this goes, no. right? Stop he it. he is no, gonna he's f- no he's not. He sure is. He, he can't be. And he's gonna fight a guy <laughs> who may or may not be a potential top fifteen guy. It's gonna be a guy, maybe like a cusp top thirty ish kind of guy that the UFC seems to like, that the fans seem to to like a little bit and give him a test to see if they can make something out of the man. And then I thought about how this could all make sense because Arlovsky's fought like everybody, so it's yeah. really tough. And I, I, I haven't looked yet at the DMs. I like to be surprised when I do it. <laughs> but I could see a lot of people th- throwing out Alexander Romanov. I could see that. Heck, I suggested that not long ago. But I'm pushing for that Romanov-Espino rematch, so I'm going to leave that behind for now. With that said, AK, and maybe this is the regional bias in me, I'm going to New England for this one. Andre Alofsky versus Paca Porte, okay? Yep. Let's rock and roll. I'm into it. I'm into it. No, I like that. I like that one. For some reason, I did not think of it uh, until I, I was reading some uh, some DMs uh, after I'd already done my, my picks, but I like it. I'm going in a very, very different direction. <laughs> I kind of, like... I'm kind of feeling a potential Walt-Harris rematch. I know we keep trying to find that, that feel-good fight for Walt. Uh, and I don't know if this is it, but I, just, I don't know. It's so they they fought, you know, a few years ago, the three three years ago now. Uh, Walt Harris won. It was overturned. Uh, Walt tested positive for what was this? Oh, a SARM, a SARM, and uh, it was not a great fight. I, I, in fairness, I, I, it was a very very bad fight, if I recall correctly. Um, but I I like it for Arlovsky because I I. Oddly, have Harris ahead of him in the rankings, probably because of some wins. Oh, because I guess Harris beat what Olenek, and I think the wins that uh, Sergey Spivak like he has good wins, and he's only lost to top ten, top fifteen guys. So I've kind of kept Harris um, near the top fifteen. People may disagree, and they might have dropped him out of the top twenty by now. I don't know, uh, but I still have him ahead of Arlovsky. So this this for me is a chance for Arlovsky to again jump up in the rankings, continue this unlikely resurgence, or maybe Walt Harris finally gets that win. Uh, that we want him to have, you know, in the wake of all this, the tragedy he's had to deal with. So, yeah, I'll go rematch on this one. Yeah, I don't have, I, I, I would be fine with that. Mm. AK, you know how we were talking about, like, if people asked, should I go back and watch this card or people ask you about this card? Mm-hmm. I would answer that question 
in three words. Jim freaking Miller, who is on the verge of getting stopped in a record-setting 38th UFC appearance in the first round against a very game, very good fighter in Eric Gonzalez. And then he comes back and delivers an insane highlight reel knockout of his own in the second round. The man wants to get to UFC 300 AK, and with the right matchups, you know what? Even with some somewhat questionable matchmaking, he can do it. It would not shock me to see him at UFC 300. So the question remains at this point after a win like that, how do you match up a guy who has fought 38 other dudes at this point? There were so many directions to go. Uh, I'm all in, of course, on, a, on an eventual uh, Jim Miller Cerrone rematch. I, I do love the idea of that being fight number 40. So we're not there. So we're one away. So yeah, this is the tricky one. You can go in so many different directions to get that bridge to that uh, Cerrone fight. Assuming they, they, I mean, look, that fight will be crazy if it's the 41st, 42nd, 43rd fight of uh, of their careers too. So, uh, but I like that you know people like round numbers, so 40 makes sense. So how do we get there? I need to see Jim Miller fight. Bobby Green. I need to see this. Bobby Green is fighting Ally Quinta on uh, November 6th, UFC 268. They've twice been booked to fight each other years apart. This wasn't like quick rebooking. This was like back in like I think 2014 and then uh, a little more recently. Um, so there was years apart between trying to get these two together. I need to see it. I would love to see Jim Miller fight Bobby Green. So the lo- But I think Ally Quinta would be fun too. So the loser of the Ally Quinta uh, Green fight at UFC 268, kind of rooting for Ally Quinta to win though because I want to see Green Miller. Um, I should have just said Bobby Green whether he wins or loses against Aquinta, but I think Green would would uh, move up a little bit if he beat uh, uh, Rage Now. So that's that's my idea. Uh, we'll see how his opponent will come from that pay per view. Let me uh, let me take the listeners on a, a little bit of a journey Please. about how my brain works. Okay, because my plan all day yesterday was to watch the UFC card, do some post fight fight work, do the post post fight show, whatever post fight work needs to be done. And then just, like, watch Bellator, like, kind of on the side while, like, hanging out with my kid who ended up falling asleep. But then I started thinking about, like, matchmaking ideas. And this Jim Miller thing got me to a point where I watched the Bellator card, I jumped on the post-fight coverage, and I just stayed awake, fully engulfed in what we do with Jim Miller, okay? The Cerrone matchup, obviously the popular pick. If it can be done, cool. I don't think it's going to be done for a little while. Maybe we'll see at the end of next year. Cerrone just seems to be kind of detached a little bit from getting back inside the octagon, which which he should. Take your time, do your thing, do your movies with Gina Carano. Cool. And I weighed a lot of options here because, like you said, there's so many ways we can go with this. So I finally narrowed it down to three names. One is Alexander Hernandez, but I ended up removing him because... I can see him sliding in somewhere before the end of the year. He wants to fight before the end of the year. So I can see if like a 55er anywhere drops out of a fight, I think Hernandez will slide in there and fight. The others are on completely opposite sides of the spectrum. One guy has one UFC fight. The other has 19 and has worn UFC gold at one time in his career. So the choices that I can't get out of my head are Patty Pimblett, And the name I'm going with, because at this point in their careers, the paths they are on, if this fight's ever going to happen, now is the time to do it, and nobody will complain about it. My pick is Jim freaking Miller against Tony freaking Ferguson, AK. My best friend, 
Now's the time because it gives everybody what they want. Tony Ferguson gets the step back, quote unquote, that everybody wants to give him in terms of the rankings. And Jim Miller gets to fight Tony Ferguson. Like he gets rewarded. Everybody gets what they want. Literally everybody gets what they want here. I love that there's just, there's no such thing as a bad Jim Miller matchup. Even the Eric Gonzalez one, I'm sure like at first it raised an eyebrow, but then within like, within like two seconds, I was like, that's going to be a fun fight. I was like, you know what? Who cares? That's going to be a fun <laughs> fight, right? Uh, Jim Miller just wants, to, just wants to get in there. And he said as much as post-fight. He's like, look, I'm just not going to call people. I, I've never done it. I don't call people out. Just I want to show up and, and, and fight. He just loves doing it. Uh, he's such a salt of the earth guy. So I love both those options. Um, yeah, Ferguson, it would almost seem like a shame if they never fought. But the Patty one is so intriguing. Like what a, guy, what a guy to really test. Uh, and there'd be a big face-heel dynamic, you know, um, I, I think I think Patty naturally lends himself to being a heel. I don't know if he sees himself that way, but I think just his look, his persona, the fact that he's so young and so brash, and again going against someone like Jim Miller, depending where the fight was, man, there could be some some major heat. So, bless Jim Miller. You know what? A, just <laughs> what a, what a, what a what a class fighter. And uh, I I don't know. There again, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of uh, selections in the uh, offered by the listeners, and I just I just can't wait for him to get booked again. Absolutely. We move ahead to Manon Fioro mm. picked up a unanimous decision win over Myra Myra Bueno Silva, and I know Casey wasn't too like overly enthused with her performance. He didn't he didn't look at Fioro and say like oh this as Jed Mishu likes to say all the time. Valentina Shevchenko didn't lose any sleep over this fight, <laughs> but she needed a fight like this. She <laughs> needed to go the distance. She needed to get tested against a durable fighter, and she went out there. She won. She won pretty easily. There was no controversy. She's someone to definitely be excited about, and I think she's ready for a top 15 opponent, AK. There's a fight coming up November 13th between Andrea Lee and Jessica I. I think the loser of that fight is a good step up for Manon. I think Lee will win that fight. So probably Jessica I here, but whoever loses should be Fioro's next opponent, in my opinion. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's pretty good because I would say Andrea Lee and Jessica I are at least in the MMA fighting global rankings probably outside the top outside the top ten. Andrea Lee, I guess, would be higher. Should take a look at that. Um, I I don't know if she is ranked in our rankings anymore. Uh, I went a different way. I'm going to go with uh, someone who was supposed to fight on this card. I'm ready for her to take on, I think, Sajara Eubanks. Uh, I like that matchup. Uh, I, I don't care to rebook the Sajara Eubanks-Luana uh, Carolina matchup. I'm sure it's something they would consider, but that itself was already kind of a short-notice uh, fight. That was like a second opponent for Luana Carolina, so I don't see why the matchmaker should be locked into that one. Um, so, yeah, so good good test for her. Uh, maybe a, li- a little less experienced than Jessica I and Andrea Lee. But um, someone who, again, I think is a strong, looks really good at 125. So I would like to see how uh, Fioro does against her. Uh, maybe test her grappling a bit more as well. So that, that's all good. Let's, let's go with Eubanks. Yeah. That's just, I, I thought about that one. And I was just like, how, how would the UFC approach this? Like, would they throw in there with the Eubanks? Or would they throw in there with, like, more of a striker, more of a grinder? And I feel, so at, looking at the rankings, Jessica I, number 12 in our rankings, Andrew Lee, not in the MMA Fighting Global rankings. But with the win over Jessica I, she will probably mm. find herself in there. So a lot of options for Euro, someone to definitely be excited about. We talked about Jim Miller, and I, I feel I feel like if Jim Miller's performance didn't happen on Saturday, it would be the Nate Landwehr show today. We'd be talking about Nate Landwehr. It kind of took some shine away from a guy who... I thought I had an A-plus night. 
He made things gritty with Ladovic Klein, took his opponent out of his comfort zone, and then he gets a finish, Anaconda choke of the third, and then he gets on the microphone and spits some gold, some Tennessee gold, AK. It was awesome. It was a great night for Nate Landwehr. Where does he go from here? Yeah, I said I said on Twitter, the man is Tennessee. He, he, he is so Tennessee. And our pal uh, Aaron Brunstetter from uh, from T- TMTSN said uh, he sounds like a 1980s WCW heel. And I'm like, these are all accurate descriptions of Nate Landwehr. He's wonderful. Yes. Uh, I, I'm glad. I hope. Uh, I don't know how many people this is their first time seeing him fight. This is fourth UFC appearance. I hope they're starting to understand what a fan favorite this guy could be for a long time. Like, like. He's either in his lo- his losses were even entertaining. He's he was on some like brutal t- UFC losses, um, and his wins have been amazingly entertaining. The, the Darren Elkins bloodbath was fantastic. Uh, well, you know, now that we now that we've seen, uh, you know, we always talk about uh, grapplers becoming getting highlight reel KOs and calling them, uh, you know, K one like K one uh, Damian Maya or whatever. So now that we've seen uh, ADCC Landwehr, as I like to call him, Abu Dhabi <laughs> Combat Club Landwehr. Um, I wanted to go up against another guy who's very versatile, another featherweight, veteran featherweight, very versatile, uh, Damon Jackson. Uh, hat tip to uh, MMA heads who suggested that Damon Jackson fight the winner of this fight uh, last week. So I, I don't know if I stole the idea there, but I will check to see if someone else has said it. So MMA heads, I agree. Let's go with uh, Landwehr, Damon Jackson. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those can't go wrong type of picks. So I also went with Damon, don't call me Martin Jackson. I mean, it's it just lines up perfectly. I mean, it just lines up great. I mean, Jackson's yeah. looked good since coming back to the UFC. He does have a loss to Ilya Teporia, but I think Ilya Teporia in the next two years will fight for a world title. I think he's that good. He's one of the best 45ers on the planet. So no shame in losing to that guy. Beat Charles Rosa, who's always a tough matchup. Submits Mursad Bektik on like a week's notice. Yeah, I think the the stars have aligned for a little land wear on Jackson octagon chaos so yeah just give these guys fun fights landwehr and damon jackson are the kind of guys who if they ever like fight for a title or end up in the title picture it'll be by accident it won't be by them like angling for to fight ranked guys it'll just be like oh like uh, uh, nate landwehr's on a four fight win streak how did that happen okay well now we give him a ranked guy and then he you know he he, he wins and ends up getting some some random title fight but uh, both guys just give them fun fights it's so entertaining yeah put landwehr on main cards Oh, yeah. Promote him, let him do interviews, let get him out there. He, uh, people want to hear him, no doubt mm-hmm. about that. And people also want to hear about our wild card picks, AK, because there's a five fight main card. We got one wild card pick. We have uh, some options to choose from here. Fighter we have not match made for yet. Who is your UFC Vegas 40 wild card selection? I should have gone with. Uh... Dana Bakari, who, as you, because you were just saying, Mike, how aside from Jim Miller, maybe Nate Landwehr was the break, you know, had the breakout performance of the night. Uh, Dana also would have been the other option. It would have been Dana or Nate Landwehr. So many people talking about Dana after this card. Uh, but I, I cheated, Mike. I did not go with Dana. And in fact, I cheated with my pick. I'm going with uh, Lupita Godinez versus Ariane Carnalosi because, I, well, I've one thing I had called, I cheated because I had called for this matchup last week. I had called for this matchup this week before. Uh, Lupi shocked us all by taking a fight on less than a week's notice, the quickest turnaround in modern UFC history. Uh, so this loss to Luana Carolina at flyweight does not change my opinion of her, does not change her trajectory too much in my opinion. She is a strawweight, so just back down to Dean and let's see her fight uh, Carnalosi, who was victorious over Estela Nunez in the opening fight of the card. Yes, Estela Nunez and her fence grabs. Um <laughs> Yeah, listen, I know what everyone's thinking. Mike's going to pick Dana Batgari. He's picking the Bantamweight. He always picks the Bantamweights, and you're right. Most of the time, 
because Denon Macri deserves some shine, but he's not gonna get he's not gonna get the Duke here. Hmm. So I'm just gonna put this fireworks matchup into the universe. Hope the universe listens because it's a no-brainer. Because they should listen. Bruno Silva versus Puna Soriano is the fight to make. You're welcome, world. That is the wild card pick. Someone's getting 50 Gs. Maybe both guys are getting 50 Gs. I don't have to make a, a sale on this. I just need to say those two names, and everyone's going to be like, oh, that's ridiculous. So that's the pick, AK. I think if there's any theme of our picks today, Mike, it's that, and again, this is how the card was laid out, really, is that nothing, n- n- very few of these fights really affected any sort of, again, rankings or title fight talk. But it did kind of, you know, show us who's up and coming and also man, who's just fun to watch. There was some there was some fun fighters to watch this card. Like I said, overall, the total package of the card was not great, um, but the highlights were good. And even the fighters who won sort of, you know, decisions that weren't like thrilling, like like Fiorel and Arlovsky, um, you know, you saw something where you still want to see them fight or, or you want to see them fight again. So uh, is Puna, is he? Oh, he fought in July. Okay, so he's just not booked. Okay, I was wondering. I thought I, I thought he was injured or something. I think I keep getting him mixed up with Mackie Patolo. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do we have any uh, any check the tapes? Any oh, any crap. fire? Oh crap! Yeah, we do. And I forgot to vet this. So uh, this is going to be a little. Oh I gosh! Oh, here it is. Be the perfect time. Okay. Well, let's start with the pleasant. Let's start in a positive note first. Uh, check the tapes. Uh, one solo point this week to Barry O'Reilly. The only solo point. He saw, he predicted uh, Rongju versus Ignacio Bahamondes. That's going down February 26th, which feels like a lifetime away from now. But the way the, the way time moves now, it'll be next week when we'll be talking about it. <laughs> and then uh, some points, shared points for the listeners. Miguel Baeza versus Chaos Williams, November 13th. And uh, Ponzinibbio versus Jeff Neal, UFC 269, December 11th. So shared point for everyone. All right. Now, the Ponzinibbio Neal, I should have I just forwarded this message to you because it's such a whale of a message. And I don't even try to understand. It's from our pal Tristan Gordet, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Umar Nurmagomedov himself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So he, he, he emails me. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't just DM you on Instagram. He emails me. I guess he wants me to read this out for you. Okay, I'm going to try. And st- I, this is pretty loud. I don't, I, I don't want to have to read the whole thing. He says, this is Prince of Positivity. It's a message. To, it's an email to me, but it's a message to my best friend, Dana White. Uh, my best friend, Mr. Dana White, the second, the one and only Mike Heck. Okay, this is a this is a rant. Wow. So he says he believes back in like, oh, no, episode 49 that we did a, some sort of mic check. Uh he said, Mike proceeded to go on a rant of how Santiago Ponzinibbio did not have the right to pick or choose his next opponent. Uh, he says, why is my email? Okay. When I was listening to this rant, oh, goodness. Oh, this is horrible. My email just logged out. No. Oh, no, no. Let's take two seconds. Two seconds. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I remember, I remember this rant. I remember this rant. This is. This is this is live podcasting. I mean, we're not live, but this is how live podcasting is, people. You do remember this rant, Mike? I do remember this rant. This is one of my my all time okay, great I, rants. I think. Thank goodness, I had no idea. I mean, all your rants are my favorite, Mike. So I had no idea what Tristan was exactly alluding to. All right. So he says when he was listening to the rant, he says I should read this as him. When I was listening to this rant, I was so surprised that Mike would disregard his colleague Jose Young's remarks about how. Ponzinibbio was not going to fight another young prospect since he already beat one in Miguel Baeza and was only taking fights against opponents that were ranked above him. Well, here we are, as your colleague Damon Martin put the story up in the site, that Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Jeff Neal is in the works. Now, if we look at the official UFC rankings, we don't care about those, Tristan. Uh, He says, Mr. Lee, can you read to Mike where Jeff Neal is ranked? I'll wait. Okay, what what point is he making here, Mike? 
he's ranked higher than he's ranked lower than Ponzinibbio, right? Well, he's in the top fifteen. I'm pretty he's sure. Top fifteen. Uh, Neil is tied for fifteenth. Ponzinibbio. Oh, sorry, is not currently ranked at the moment. I think because of uh, probably because of inactivity, and he lost to to uh, to Li Jingliang, right? Um, <laughs> sorry, this is going for. Uh, he says, "So there you go." He says, "Mike, I, I I don't know what he means here." He says, "There you go, Mike. Jose tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. You just didn't want to listen. It's okay. It's cool. We're good. I will leave you with this in the words of the late." Kobe Bryant, Revenge is Sweet and Swift, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's He says, you mocked me when I misspoke about Usman Nurmagomedov when I meant Umar. Oh, how karma comes back around. But it's all in good fun. Love the show as always. Keep up the great work. And uh, he said he would like his odd no points to me. So that's what I mean. I don't understand. So what did he say? He wanted... Uh, explain to Mike, Explain this beef to me. Okay, so I, I, I remember the rants. I'm trying to remember where the rants came from, but... It was something to the effect of, like, there, there were ma- there were lots of matchmaking suggestions out there, and there were some folks who actually were like, Ponzinibbio shouldn't fight anybody unless it's above okay. him. And I'm like, okay. And my response was, you're gonna reward him. He just got knocked dead a fight ago by Li Jingliang, and he had been out for a while. I get it. He goes and beats a unranked. At the time, I believe Miguel Baez was unranked, but a very promising, but kind of untested, really young prospect in Miguel Baez. And it was a great fight. One of the best fights of the year still. And I hope it's a fight that's remembered when we're, when we're talking about award season. So there were a lot of different options for Ponzinibbio. But to say like Ponzinibbio earned the right to only fight a guy ranked above him is an asinine point. Now, just because it happened doesn't mean that you are you have the right to take a victory lap on this, Tristan Gordette, or Jose Youngs for that matter. You can't take a victory lap for this because they offered you a fight. Do you think Ponzinibbio was offered 18 other fights and he was just like, no, he's not ranked above me? No. And the UFC was like, oh, Santiago, you're right. Let's give you a guy ranked above you. Oh, no, we can't offer you Sean Brady. He's ranked below you. We can't offer you Muslim Salikov. He's ranked below you. I don't care. He has the best nickname in MMA or one of them. Nah, we can't do that. What about Daniel Rodriguez? He's a fun prospect. Uh, no. Give me a million dollars and I'll fight Daniel Rodriguez. Of course, Santiago. <laughs> Who am I talking to, Santiago? That's right. We got to give you a top 10 guy. So let's give you Jeff Neal, who's lost two fights in a row. Who's had extreme health issues? And let me just say, I'm I'm very surprised that Jeff Neal is even fighting this year. After everything that he's gone through, good on him. I, I like I said a couple of weeks ago, we could start throwing him back into the matchmaking pool because he is training, he's feeling better. I had no, I, I was aware of that. I'm kind of surprised he's fighting before the end of the year, but here we are. What like what fight did you think he was going to get? Do you think he was going to get Wonder Boy? Or Masvidal? Like, are you crazy? Jeff Neal is probably the only guy in the top 15 that he could get that's ranked above him right now. Because Jeff Neal's lost two fights in a row. I'm shocked that Jeff Neal's in the top 10. I'm shocked. What's it? Where is he ranked in the MMA Fighting Global rank? Is he 15? Tied 15. Is Santiago Ponzinibbio even in our rankings? He is not at the moment because the loss, the loss to Lee really hurt him. So before you take your... So, so still, he gets he gets a guy ranked above him. Even in the rankings that matter. But it's like, it was just there. It's not like Santiago wore a three-piece suit to the UFC headquarters and demanded a top 10 opponent and got it. You are insane. If you're going to, this is, 
this is what you're resting on this is this is your victory lap take it take the victory lap take it <laughs> but enjoy it i'll give you the damn hot no point take the damn hot no point it's the worst hot no point ever take oh, it wow. tristan gordette wow give me, just throwing a point away out of out of but Mike, that is not what we do with Take it. I'll give you one no, of my points. Stop, Mike, stop. That is not what we do with That is not what not no points are for. You're not you're not uh, you're not uh, DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street on the boat when the guy's the FBI agent is going away from the boat. Kyle Chandler's going away from the boat and he's throwing the money at him. Please, please don't do this. Uh, uh, I want there to be funny. Geez, I love it. No, so, Tristan, you're the man. Up. You're the man, buddy. It's all Victory this lap. Is... You're crazy. Tristan got Tristan got Florida Mike mixed up with South Carolina Mike. Yeah, if, you should have sent this message thing. last week, Tristan. You should have sent this it message last thing. week. I'd have been like, "You're right." <laughs> it ain't the same thing. Is that? Please tell me that's the only mic check. I I don't think there. If there, even if there were others, I would save them until next week. That there's this this is an ongoing feud. So I'm sure Tr Tristan, uh, you know, again, hit me up uh, in the email with your response, or hit up Mike in his uh, DMs. But uh, of course, we 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 welcome. We're, we're we're excited to hear back from you. Yes, we are. Um... The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Why don't you read off the disclosure before we yes, go to the people, well, including Tristan Gordat, who has uh, <laughs> sent in his matchmaking suggestions. Oh, did he? To me, yeah. I got him. Why did he send me the rant and send you the fix? For you smart. He's the smartest <laughs> listener we have. Double, double airtime. Oh, Tristan. <laughs> it's clever. Uh, as usual, guys, we're going to try to emphasize time about winners, but of course, the loser main event gets some shot too. Categories ruled. You know, we'll try and focus on unique picks. Uh, guys, please pay attention. Fighters could already be booked. You may be putting them in the wrong weight class. You may be booking people who have fought recently and you just forgot. Uh, it could be someone who's had a very uh, notable injury and is out for a long time or, or has straight up been released. This happens. Uh, your pickers might be doo doo and we don't want to read it. And my most important thing this week and maybe going forward for the for the near future, guys, stop sending in picks for Tim Means unless your pick is about Robbie Lawler because <laughs> I'm sorry, no, there was a there was one Tim Means pick and I just ignored it this week. Uh, guys, we're hashtag lobbying for Robbie in this house. Uh, so I, I know we all want to. I love Timmy. I want to see him fight anybody. But right now, I want Robbie Lawler. I will be ignoring all Timmy's picks unless they like 
suggestions, I'd say, unless they completely blow my mind or something. We always replace one rule with another. So the Jeff Neal rule is is no longer since now he has a fight. Uh, Now it's being replaced with the Tim Means rule. So uh, let's get right into this. Jake Marshall, always just quick and quick and at it with these. He just goes, I'm not sure how much sense this fight makes, but Nate Landwehr versus Jeremy Stevens would be lots of fun. That's the whole message. I like it. I, I mean, no issue with yeah, that whatsoever. Na- that would have been a great if, if Nate Landwehr was the type of person to call people out, which he isn't. That would have been the one to call out. Yeah, our friend Sean Conwizzle ninety one. Wow, Norma Dumont versus Amanda Nunes for the one hundred forty five pound title after sure. Nunes murders Pena. Just. Well, wow. <laughs> Uh, he's also on the, he's with you, AK, Arlovsky versus Walt Harris too. winnable fight for mm. Harris. And should he lose as sad as it would be, it'd be proof that it's time to retool on the regional scene. Jim Miller versus Jeremy Stevens. If Stevens still has a job, Fioro versus Montana De La Rosa. That's actually not a bad pick. I like it. I like it too. Uh, Nate Landwehr versus Choi versus Caceres winner next week. No problem with that. Uh, Bruno Silva versus Zach Cummings. That comeback was awesome. <laughs> Pulled letters. Do not hit that man in the nuts. You're right. <laughs> Definitely not. Flips a switch. Uh, Brandon Nunez. Silva versus Muradoff. Muradoff, that popular name. That, that mm-hmm. gets thrown around a lot here. Miller great versus match. Cowboy 2. Arlovsky versus Spivak. Ladd versus Tate. Win or lose. When she fights Caitlin Vieira. That seems like a good pick. Uh, Dumont versus Holm or GDR. No Nunez. Uh, Owen Carroll. Whoa, we got a lot here. UFC Vegas 40. What I learned from this card. Cage Ooh. grabs are confirmed legal. Back yep. of the headshots Clearly. are confirmed legal. Chris yep. Lee needs to be sent to the Squid Games. I don't really know what that means because awesome. I haven't watched it yet, but you probably get that more than I right, do. Get so. on it. Get on it. I know I have to. Uh, Ariane Carnalozzi versus Brianna Van Buren. I don't know what's going on with her. Yeah, I saw that too. I think she's about. I I don't. She hasn't made any announcement about being about you know wanting to come back yet. She of course she had a, she had a baby, uh, but I think she's. My understanding is you know she hasn't made any indication that it's going to be like a super long uh, time off at least on on social media. So I don't mind people booking for Brianna Van Buren again. I do think she'll fight again probably you know early, at some point uh, first half twenty twenty one. Yes, and then he added, "Good thing she got the finish because Nunes grabbed the cage four times. Absolute joke. Should have been a point at the second time, and both times after that, absolute disgrace." I agree. Mm-hmm. Keith Peterson was like some nonsense. Keith yeah. Peterson. Then he the went to no break. nonsense pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, Dana Bakary versus Montel Jackson. I bet that's going to be a popular choice. Uh, Carolina versus Eubanks. Ami versus Warley Alves, and he and he goes Ami one thirty twenty seven, maybe twenty nine twenty eight. Anyone saying Roberts one needs a mental evaluation? Wow, wow. Owen's bringing the oh. heat this week. Okay, Bruno Silva versus Muradoff comes back from a s ton of fouls. The man is a beast. So if you come back from flagrant fouls, Owen Carroll is going to support you one hundred percent. Uh, he's on the land where Jackson trained. Fiora versus Roxanne Mataferi at UFC 270. Mm-hmm. Jim Miller versus Jakar Close, AK. Yeah, I just want to see Jakar get back in there again after, like, you know, the just the whole Jeremy Stevens stuff is just so weird. But, yeah, good matchup. Uh, UFC 300 should be April 2024, so he needs to not fight a lot and stay healthy. Uh, Arlovsky versus Spivak. Dumont versus Holm. Let's keep 145 alive. No need to kill her off against Amanda just yet. Carol, Owen Carroll, holy moly! Yeah, I saw a lot more 
Dumont versus Holmes, then Dumont title gets a title shot. Um, it, it was it was pretty strongly saying just just do the home fight. Uh, John Ray, I mean, if if even if we repeat it, but if you give a nice explanation, I'm going to read it. Yeah. I was wanting Arlovsky versus Alexei Olenek because in 130 combined fights, they've never faced each other. But with Olenek booked. I'll go with Arlovsky versus Walt Harris, too. I love Walt, but he's ranked, and he's not going to get an easy fight. At least he kind of, quote-unquote, won the first one. Uh, and then he threw out a Bellator prediction, Brent Primus versus the winner of Peter Queeley versus Patricky Pitbull. Oh, no, the loser. You're saying the loser? The loser. Wow. So who should get the title shot, then? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, what are, we, what are we doing? Uh, Poppy underscore Bryant Landwehr versus Zubaira Tugagoff. Another Fiora versus Mataferi with this with a uh, an explanation. They gave her to Shevchenko after two fights in the UFC. Gave her to Maya after two fights. Eubanks after one fight. It's where prospects go to either move forward or take a step back. It's true. It's mm-hmm. definitely true. Yep. Jim Miller versus John McDessey. Arlovsky versus Sergey Pavlovich, who I believe is booked against Tanner Bozer. I'll, I think, but I don't know if that's one hundred percent confirmed yet. Uh, so that's those are the unique picks. Uh, Gerard Biagin, UFC Lad versus Dumont matchmaking. Uh, Lad versus Caitlin Vieira, win or lose, I would assume. There it is. Arlovsky versus Romanov. Jim Miller versus Marco Madsen. Man and Fiora against any ranked opponent. Uh, Bruno Silva versus Puno Soriano. There you go. Thank you, Gerard. Chris London. <laughs> uh, let's see. Miller versus Patty Pimblett. Fiora versus Jessica I. Landwehr versus Lando Venata. Venata has a fight. He does. Lutz. Tucker Lutz. Tucker Lutz, yep. Yeah. Uh, Bakary versus Adrian Yanez, but Yanez is also booked against Davy Grant. Yes. But so, yeah, win or lose, we'll see. Our man Francesco, our big fan from Italy. Another Olofsky versus Romanov. Miller versus Ferguson. Perfect opener for a pay per view main card. I'm with you, Francesco. That's Great minds. Team. Great minds. He is suggesting Fioro versus Caitlin Chukagian. We need a number one contender. That's too soon, isn't it? Uh, I saw someone making some sort of reference, uh, not for Fioro versus Chukagian, but it would be like blonde, blonde fighter versus the blonde fighter. I think someone was <laughs> something to that effect. Uh, Landwehr versus Rosa. I think Landwehr is probably ahead of that at this point. Uh, wild cards. Lad versus the winner. Of Felicia Spencer versus Leah Letson. I don't have uh, any issue with that whatsoever. That fight's happening? Oh, I'm so bad. I totally did not. I, I was just, I was literally just earlier today before filming, uh, taping this, like, like where is Leah Letson? I forgot that fight was a thing. Yes. Bruno Silva versus Christoph Yako. Uh, Luana Carolina versus Antonina Shevchenko. Okay. Uh, M. Ruffles, 115. Let's see what we got here. Jim Miller versus Leo Santos. Man and Fioro versus Viviani Araujo. That's an interesting fight. Is Araujo? Is she a 25er? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, she is. No. Is Wait, she a 25er? No. No. Yeah, she's she a, is. Oh, she's, oh, is she a 25er? She's yeah, she's a 25 What am I talking yeah, about? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind that one. No. Um, I it's feel big, like. It's a big step up. Big step up. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just feel I, I'm not worried about the step up more than the killing off of two prospects thing because I think okay. Arujo could be a future title contender. Mm-hmm. Landwehr versus Feely, don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Another Silva Soriano, Roberts versus Borley Alves, Bakary versus. Listen to this, Tristan. Umar Nurmagomedov, but Umar <laughs> I believe is fighting Cody. St- 
Damon. Yes. Uh, Carnalozzi versus Carolina. Okay. We'll save Tristan for last. Let's see what Patrick Austin has to say. Man, I'm working Saturdays now. UPS working that overtime. I hate missing the day cards. I'm ready for the return of actual fight nights. Shout out to Corey Anderson. Disagree. Jim Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Miller and Bobby Green versus Raging Al in a three-way handicap match. Sorry, guys. I really don't have any. Hold on. Mike, hold on. I got to tell you something before you get Mike checked. I believe Cody is fighting Saeed. Saeed Nurmagomedov. Excuse me. Excuse me. At least they're in the same. At least they're both in the friggin' UFC. Tr- I'm just saying, Tristan has paused. His Tristan paused the episode. I'm telling you, he paused the episode already. He's not even on this part, and he's already writing. He's already writing another email, like, ah, oh, you know, who's getting your Nomago medals mixed up? So, yes, yes, Tristan, yes. I hope I hope you listened a little bit further ahead. We we are corrected. He, he meant clearly. My best friend meant Saeed. At least they're both in the UFC. So I'll go that <laughs> route. Uh, Jim Miller, Bobby Green versus Raging Allen, a three-way handicap match. Sorry, guys, haven't been, don't have anything intelligent to say this week. Maybe Lad versus Sarah McMahon. Maybe a Fiora versus Miranda Maverick. And you said we got to get Raging Allen back to a title shot. He's the only one that went the distance with Habib. Uh, not in life. Habib went the distance with like almost everybody. Uh, and now we end with Tristan Gordet, the main event of the evening. Mister Otno Point himself. Uh, he likes Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon. Uh, another Fiora versus Roxanne Matafari. UFC, please keep Fiora away from Casey O'Neill and Maria Agapova. Keep building these prospects up. Featherweight, Nate Landwehr versus Charles Jordan. I know Jordan is coming off a loss. Most of the fighters of Featherweight that are coming off wins are already booked. You will not be getting an auto point for that one, Tristan Gordet, because Charles Jordan has his next fight booked. Stay tuned. Wildcard, Bantamweight, Dana Bakary versus Demontel Jackson. Rebook this fight. Definitely want to see it. Uh, and he's even got a, a, a Bellator pick. Um, Mukamed Berkamov versus Roman Feraldo. That is a deep cut Bellator pick from Bellator 268. What was the, what was the Jordan pick? Sorry, uh, Mike. He liked Landwehr versus Jordan. But and you're Jordan, saying you're saying that Jordan has a fight. Okay. All right. I, I just want. I'll read this comment now. Then uh, uh, Pike Putt, well, someone who sent one to me, wanted the train versus air for the best method of transportation in 2021. <laughs> so sadly, we. But I mean, that could happen. That could happen somewhere down the road. So I did that comment. Okay. Yes. So, it's unfortunate. I, I saw. I had a few people recommending that one. Okay. So, so that's not happening. Next. Yes. I. I, I am. I know who his opponent is. I have already confirmed his opponent. I'm still trying to confirm okay. Charles. Uh, the fight is signed, sealed, and delivered from all indications. Uh, it's a fight. All I'll say is, take 100 guesses, you'll probably get it wrong. So, there we go. Good, AK. On to you, my friend. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, I think we've given I think we've given Tristan enough enough shine today. Uh, we've enabled this young man enough. Um, well, uh, Dumont, as I said, Dumont versus Holm, probably the biggest pick for the main event winner. Uh, Ladd versus Spencer was also popular. Jay Donaghy uh, saying, maybe Ladd won't wait until the last round to start fighting. Harsh. Uh, for Arlovsky, people mostly want to see Romanov and Sergey Spivak. Though I love, I had a couple people with uh, Ivanov suggestion. I actually think I actually like that one a lot. But uh, Miller was all over the place. Fiorel was all over the place. Landwer, Damon Jackson, the most popular pick for him. Also Pineda. Uh, Liam Perry po- uh, picked this and then corrected himself, saying Pineda is suspended until March 2022. Uh, he tested positive for amphetamine. But I don't think that rolls out a Landwehr uh, Pineda match. Uh, Landwehr probably wants to get in there a bit sooner, uh, but I, I I don't think it's guaranteed. So for anyone who recommended Landwehr versus uh, Daniel Pineda, which is quite a few people, I think it's a valid pick. 
Um, as you mentioned multiple times, Bruno Silva versus Mahmoud Muradov, but I also saw a lot of Bruno Silva versus Christoph Jotko. And uh, one other popular pick, uh, first of all, and Dana Bakary, so many picks for him just all over the place. Um, so he really did break out. And then uh, Karnalosi versus Kanako Murata, Harry Dwaskin calling this a mirror match of short but jacked strawweights. Yes, really, any any... I feel like anytime you put Carnalosi in there, you now we just want to see. It's like it's like again, 1980s WWE. We just want to see her in there with other kind of muscle, muscular uh, monsters, as it were. Uh, Harry uh, sent me the picks through email. He also liked Danny Roberts versus Mickey Gall, Landra versus Mike Grundy, and uh, Miller versus Pimblet. There you go. He says would be stupid and fun, but kind of winnable for Jim. Uh, Harry also says he's uh, he started working in an em- elementary school and he's been wiped. Um, so good luck with that, Harry. And also that he has, he says jury duty has actually freed him up. So also good luck with the jury duty. Uh, Jay Donaghy, the Pocono, the Poconos picker. Uh, let's see. Uh, Miller versus Giagos is the man from Sparta versus the Greek Spartan and Bruno Silva versus Buckley. That's pretty cool. And then uh, he quoted me saying, as one would say, don't bet on MMA. Uh, Judge Chris Lee, 30-27 in the roberts Amiv, uh fight for Roberts. Shameful. Shameful. And Joe Young, uh, uh, who who calls to be our Melbourne matchmaker, likes uh, – and <laughs> – oh, this made me laugh. Okay, first for UFC, uh, Miller versus Drew Dober. Dober coming off two fights, kids should fight down the list. Miller, Miller coming off a big KO. Why not meet in the middle? He says, full disclosure, I'm being disrespectful to the, to the legend Jim Miller. Because I would see this matchup as a bounce back fight for Dober. That's a little disrespectful. Um, and then his this his part, first part of the email made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> so he had a Bellator suggestion. Uh, Joe Young says I would match up uh, Corey Anderson and Nemkov. He says my th- my thinking here is you know they both won their semifinal fights. Let's put them in the final together. So uh, yeah, very very logical, uh, Joe Young. I agree. I think uh, hopefully Bellator goes in that direction, <laughs> matches up Nemkov and Anderson sometime in the near future. And then he also joked that uh, listen, in this economy, you got to get those precious Otno points wherever and however you can. So I will give you an honorary point for that crack. Uh, but people, no one is getting a point for Anderson Nemkov, right? If anyone suggested that seriously, because obviously that's that's uh, that's already all but booked. Uh, going to IG here, uh, just a few people here. Dad Jackson, I, uh, Arlovsky versus the Gian Vellante versus Chris Barnett winner. UFC 268, November 6th. I did not know that fight was happening. It is happening. Okay. That's a wild fight. I love it so much. <laughs> it's like the perfect, that is like the perfect piece of matchmaking for both guys. I really hope Chris Barnett wins now and I can get Chris Barnett versus Arlovsky. Dad Jackson, I'm going to give you a point out of my personal stash. If uh, if Chris Burnett wins and he ends up fighting Arlovsky, I'm giving you like like you're getting an official Otno point, and then I'm giving you from my personal collection of Otno points another point. I th- I, I really want to see that now. <laughs> Michael Conifrank says Dana White Batgree versus Nathaniel Wood. I'm not. We're not. This is not his official nickname, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it, I don't know. It just made me laugh. Dana Dana White. Uh, Roberts versus Carlson Harris. Firo versus uh, another call for Firo versus Araujo. Uh, I want to see the thinking here. Oh, yes. This is the the, the comment about uh, Araujo should get a chance to redeem her loss against Chukagian blonde fighter by beating the blonde fighter. Oh, so he thinks Menon Firo 
is the blonde fighter. So there you go. That's uh, uh, Michael. Thank you for that reference there. Uh, Arlovski versus Olenek Hardy winner UFC 270 January January 22nd. I think a lot of people just want to see Arlovski and uh, and Olenek throw down someday. Uh, Carlos Torres uh, Buckley Cazetes, excuse me. Uh, he says, "Oh, I want that. I want to add that." Uh, Aspen Ladd looked like a teenage girl being yelled at by her angry father during her corners. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, listen, they are, like I said, there are a couple, there is a personal relationship there, so maybe it did seem different than uh, than others, other uh, corner shouting. Uh, Arlovsky, Walt Harris, too. Fiona Roll versus Casey O'Neill. You can't do this, that now. I think this was recommended. Did we not comment on this last week? People saying, or whenever the last time Casey O'Neill fought, she should fight. Didn't this already come up on our yeah, show? Yeah, it just came up to this week too, saying uh, yeah. someone said like keep them far away from each other. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I doubt the UFC makes that fight. All right, MMA uh, Danny Roberts versus Lamin Good, love it. Dana versus Tony Gravely, love it. Oh, I need you on this one, Mike. Uh, contender series picks here. Um, Budai, Budai, who's this guy? What is his name? Who's that? Budai, B B U D A Y. Oh, Martin, Martin, Martin Boudet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just Martin fought. Uh, yeah, he just he just got a con. He's a heavyweight, I believe. All right. Um, he, he wants him to fight Jared, another uh, contender series veteran, Jared Vendera. Jake. It's Jake Hadley, right? Jake Hadley. Yep. Yes. The controversial uh, ma- missed weight, but got a contract uh, versus Ulan Bekov, Nascimento winner, UFC 267, October 30th. And Boroshev. Uh What's his first name? He got the big. Uh, K- he got a big KO, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's so many. Yeah, S- Slava Borshev. Slava Borshev versus uh, Christos Yagos. Yeah, these are all cool matchups. Yeah, MMA that's a good fight. In. Yeah, keep sending those in. I like. I like the contender series picks. I apologize, uh, guys, for messing up those names. Uh, there's I, so I many. There's wa- so many of these yeah, cards. And I, and and so I don't watch names, every week. I, I, mean, I don't watch every week. Uh, Matt Bradbury, last of our Instagram, uh, Dana versus Haoni Barcelos, sure. Uh, it's a bit of a jump up in the rankings, but I, I don't mind it. Luana Carolina versus Ariane Lipsky. Now, I don't know if Matt is calling for a rematch or forgetting that Lipsky almost tore Luana Carolina's leg off. Um, I guess it was three fights ago now, but I yeah. think he just forgot. But I just want to remind people of that horrible, horrible scene. Uh, Roberts versus Nico Price. Uh, Land versus Feely. Again, you mentioned that one earlier. I think that's great. Uh, Firo versus Grasso. Um, Grasso had to... It was Grasso who had to withdraw from the um, Calderwood fight, right? Yes. So she might have some sort of injury, but that would be interesting. I don't see them making that one. Um, but uh, I'm not against it. Bellator. Jaylon Bates versus Keith Lee. Uh, Albertson versus Julius Anglicus. Yes, I love it. Uh, Brent Primus versus the he wants to see the, the Pitbull Quali two winner, yeah, which I yeah. think made more sense. And then uh, Bader versus oh Rumble Johnson rematch. So a rematch from way back when Johnson just smoked Bader. But I think enough time has passed. I would like to see them run that one back at some point. Uh, assuming assuming you know whatever the hell situation is with Rumble. And then uh, uh, of course uh, Anderson versus Nemkov. Again, no point guys for that one. All right, let's close out with our Twitter boys. Who are always bringing the heat? We got some. We got some questions. We got some comments. Mike, gonna open up with a question here from at Jarvis Plum. I believe this is a first time Mister at Jarvis Plum. He says he's been listening to Otno for a while, and he was thinking, what if the UFC started punishing weight misses by banning fighters from that weight class for like three fights, force them to move up, fight at a more natural weight, uh, and they get a, a bit of uh, a bit of punishment? Love the show. I don't know, Mike. What do you think about? It? I mean, we've seen California Commission kind of try to recommend fighters move up, 
But what do you think about the UFC stepping in um, and making a form, like you know, making a formal rule, hashtag rules rule about missing weight and and the the kind of penalty you should get? Maybe if like you miss weight multiple times, you do something that severe. I mean, you never know. Like the body's a crazy thing. Something happens. Maybe you just can't get there. Maybe it's a short notice fight. There's there's different stories for different people. Maybe someone takes a fight on a day's notice and they miss weight and you bump them up a weight class. Like, I don't think that really works out. I like the idea. I like the idea of docking a point. Docking a point right yeah. away. I think that's yep. that's super fair. Um, and then like some of these newcomer newcoming fighters who are on like introductory deals, if they miss weight, which is smart. Like, honestly, like there's... It's frowned upon, but it's not a terrible, I mean, it's smart. It's smart thinking. Like you, your goal is to get as much money as possible. So if you cut and kill yourself and you're making 10 and 10 or 12 and 12 or 15 and 15 and it kills you to make the weight and then you go out and lose, like, yeah, but if you go in there and you miss weight and you four for 20% and you win, you get more money, but there's no penalty for that. So the point is huge. I think that's the way to do it. We figured out somehow how it affects the actual fight itself, not just from a physical sense, but from a mental sense, from the scorecards. I think that is the answer. We find a way to dock. It's not about the purse. Losing a fight docks the purse enough. But I think, you know, even if you want to take 20% and you deduct a point, I'm cool with that too. But I think we got to hit it where hit him where it hurts. The, the pockets, the wallets, the pocketbooks, so to speak, and the scorecards. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting idea, but I agree. Raise the penalty, maybe find a way to have it affect the actual fight. Um, I think forcing guys to move up is a little tricky. So definitely something the UFC, I think, wouldn't want to do for like, they that they, they they open themselves up to a lot of criticism if they make a law where you have to move up in weight and and push guys to potentially face opponents who are 10, 15, 20 pounds lighter, uh, heavier than them uh, on fight night and making them do it. Like if someone makes their if that's their choice, that's fine. But forcing them to do it, boy, that's uh, that's kind of that's a can of worms right there. And uh, again, I, I don't mind the suggestion, Jarvis, but I don't know if that's the most elegant way to handle it. I think, like we said, points, money, um, that's that's really going to matter. The money, especially, is going to matter more to them anyway. Yeah. Scott McCrate, uh, uh, Menel Fioro fan number one. He says thanks for a shout out on the pre-show. We did mention that, and uh, he says uh, Fioro versus Moros. If the UFC can't make the Agapova fight for whatever reason, or Cynthia Calvillo, who's ranked at number ten in MMA Fighting's global ranking system, he calls it the best ranking system in for MMA. Thank you, Scott. Flattery will get you everywhere. Uh, that number ten spot is Madnon's for the taking. So uh, again, well, if anyone who listens to any of our shows knows, Scott is. All in on uh, Manuel Fierro someday at least challenging for the flyweight title, if not winning it outright. Uh, let's go. We had a lot of good suggestions here. Braden O'Neill, Miller, Jim Miller versus Demir Hadzovic, Roberts versus Nicholas Dalby, Carnalosi versus Ronda Marcos, uh, Lavinia Souza winner, October 23rd. So that'd be a big test. Pike Putt. At Pike Putt. Uh, okay, sorry, his name is different from that. Um, Dumont versus Durandami. Uh, Jermaine has no route back to a bantamweight tele shot for a bit and would only have to beat Dumont and maybe home again for the 145 shot. Uh, yeah, I don't think people want to rush for that one either, but he, I, I agree with the thinking there. I disagree. Uh, I disagree. You, I think you. I think I think Durandami. I mean, I think Durandami could get. I, I, I somewhat disagree. How about that? I think Durandami could. I think with one more win, Durandami would get a shot only because. Only because she told, like, from what she said to me when I last interviewed her after she submitted Juliana Pena, she will put 
her career on the line for one more fight with Amanda Nunes. She will put a career versus title. I mean, th- at, that is at the most. It doesn't matter. At one thirty-five, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, either, either, either division. Either division. Either division. Uh, one more fight with Amanda. She said she will put her career on the line for one more fight with Amanda Nunes. If she wins, she's the champion. She will move on and defend. If she loses, she will drop her gloves in the middle of the octagon and walk away and never come back. This is a, this is a narrative I would love to see unfold. And not because I want to see Demar Nunes retire. She's a great fighter, but um. It would be such a great thing if the UFC and ESPN got their hooks in that story. Oh, they could really have a moment. Um, and again, something else that if it happened at 145, something to keep that division kind of chugging along. Sure. Uh, Arlovsky versus Espino. I like this. I know we've kind of been saying uh, Espino Romanov rematch, you know, just because the first one was such a junkie fight. Um, but uh, I don't mind it. I'd love to see two older guys kind of go at it. And Miller versus Stroni, two Cowboys. But he said, eh, but uh, Pike Putt's saying that should be Cowboys' retirement fight. So he's not saying both guys kind of like just go on the way to, you know, to, to 40. Like he's saying that would be it for Cowboys. So I don't know. One, he says at 155 or 170. Seamus Law, Arlovsky versus Latifi, Jamila versus Jamie Malarkey, uh, Firol versus Cortez, something I didn't really think about. How do you think about that? Do you think she's, is this something again you just want to keep them separate for now? Yeah, I, I would kind of put Tracy in that she's like neck and neck with some of those next generational like up and comers mm-hmm. that could fight for the title. I need to see more from mm-hmm. Tracy. I need to see her go out there and just flat out dominate somebody and get a finish and just a, yeah. you know. I think all the other fighters have gone out there and just obliterated opponents. Tracy has won fights and is a good fighter. She's got a lot of potential, but she needs to go out there and make a statement. She hasn't done that yet. So I put her slightly behind the Fioros and the Blanchfields and the Casey O'Neills at this point. Um, and the Miranda Mavericks, so forth and so on. But I think she's right there. I, I mean, if there's anyone unranked that I would match one of these fighters with right now, it'd probably be Cortez. I think Cortez is probably the more marketable of all of them, but she just hasn't had that performance just yet. So, and at 125, you can afford to make a move like that. And Cortez is kind of like the odd woman out of like that conversation right now until she goes out there and has a statement win. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not against the matchup, uh, but uh, I do think Cortez is, 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 like you said, kind of viewed by the UFC in a different way than some of the other, uh, both in terms of talent and, and, and marketability. Um, so I don't know if they'd want to do that right now. And, and Seamus Law also has some good conditional picks. I like these. Bruno Silva versus Alan Tavares winner, December 4th. Danny Roberts versus Grant Trinaldo winner, October 23rd. And Luana Carolina versus Casey Jojo winner, November 13th. So I like those. So uh, get, get ready for a point, uh, Seamus, if those those things unfold. Uh, Marcus McGahey, our boy, he uh, he calls this the well, – he, he didn't want to call it. He said, I'm going to avoid a Norma Dumont Duhast parody. Um, I don't know if you remember the song, Duhast by Rammstein. Yes. Yes, a very aggressive, lovely song. Uh, so I guess he's been saying Dumont in the in the to the tune of Duhast in his head, and now it's now it's in my head too. So thanks, Marcus. Uh, Marcus also, by the way, said uh, last week he called it the uh, Rodriguez two edition and a uh, second Rodriguez edition, and you guys kind of explained like he must have just named the first time Marina Rodriguez um, fought in the main event the first one edition. So he said he would have gone with <laughs> this is the uh, Rodriguez uh, Mackenzie Dern main event Surfer drowned by Marina edition of. Uh, <laughs> He said, "Thought it was a little, a little mean." I think that's hilarious. I think that's funny. I don't, I don't. Know that's too mean at all, Marcus. Um, some of his really good picks here. Uh, I like uh, Danny Roberts versus Song Kanan. 
Uh, he's also thrown in for Carnalosi versus Van Buren. I do think she'll she'll come back again at some point soon. And uh, Felipe, he likes. He says, "What do you think about Felipe versus Walt Harris?" I uh, yeah, I, that's fine. Yeah, maybe that's the way to go, right? Hard to reward a guy coming off a loss with a ranked fighter, though. It's tr- it's so weird. That, again, I, I I know a lot of people will will disagree with us that Harris is ranked, but I believe he is ranked in the UFC rankings as well. He's not and in our again, rankings, is he? He's not in our rankings. He's in he's in my personal UFC specific top fifteen. I think if I was including yeah. all promotions, he wouldn't be. Um, but I do have like I, said, I do have him still up there. Just the level of competition he's faced. Uh, Hayes the third. <laughs> this is just for the hashtag. Carlos Felipe versus Chase Sherman. Uh, Carlos versus Chase. He he calls it hashtag the car chase. Guys, you're really reaching with these, all right? And I love you for it, but you're reaching. <laughs> uh, Bruno Silva versus Imavov, Shabazian, loser. Uh, and uh, Dana versus Grant Yanez, loser, November 20th. Uh, Liam Perry coming in with, I love this matchup of old guys, Miller versus Leonardo Santos. Uh, the only thing is I'm kind of in favor of seeing Leonardo Santos versus Alexander Hernandez still, just rebook it. But if that doesn't happen, for sure, Miller, um, Leonardo Santos, really fun. Danny Roberts versus Cowboy Oliveira, Mike. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carolina versus Gian Kim. Uh, Dana versus the Honey Yaya uh, Kyung Ho Kang loser November 20th. Again, big step up. But he's, he's looked good. And uh, let's go to Thomas Collins. Arlovsky versus Alexander Gustafsson. Um, he says, I think Arlovsky deserves to step up in competition. Alexander could be the perfect opponent for when uh, Gustafsson returns from injury. It could be a good battle of veterans of the sport. Yeah, I could see them. That'd be interesting. That's the heavyweight, yeah. Sure. Uh, Dana versus uh, Casey Kenny. And Landwehr versus Zalal. Just a few more to go here. Uh, Four Corner Sports NY. Dana versus Gustavo Lopez. Uh, Figaro versus Aldrich. I should be shooting down Aldrich Cortez suggestions, by the way. I still want that fight to happen, but I don't. It's it's not quite at uh, hashtag lobby for Robbie levels, but it's you know I really think that fight. And he's with you, Arlovsky, backup Uh Denny Caps, Carnelosi. I think this has been recommended in our show before, uh, and I, maybe by I think by Denny. Uh, Battle of the biceps, Carnelosi versus Hannah Goldie. <laughs> Dana versus Nate Manus. Uh, Roberts versus Randy Brown. Great, great fight. Um, Silva versus Julian Marquez. So I guess he's forget about bo- rebooking the Jordan Wright fight. Just make Silva versus Marquez happen. Sure. And he has this to say about. Uh, oh, this is a great matchup, by the way, that I had not thought about. I don't know why it couldn't happen. And uh, Miller versus RDA. RDA. I guess RDA is so ranked. I guess the problem. I guess, I guess uh, RDA is like a top ten guy at both lightweight and welterweight. That like. It, it seems like he wouldn't face someone outside the top ten now. Yeah, is that, is that the only thing. Hold. I mean, like, like the Ferguson fight is there, um, but that's probably like the only guy ranked that highly that I would put Miller in there with, just because of mm-hmm. paths. I, yeah, I, RDA probably wants to get to the belt. I don't think Jim Miller gets him any closer. And Thomas, oh wait, which one am I reading here? Danny and Danny Caps had this to say about Arlovsky and. Uh, the women's featherweight division. He says he'd rather see Arlovsky ride off into the sunset uh, rather than matchmake for him. And he has even less enthusiasm for the women's featherweight division, so he's not even going to bother. So, Danny, no, that's come on. That's not playing the game, Danny. Jeez. And we'll close out We'll close out with our big Otno point winner of the week, Barry O'Reilly. Uh, Carnalosi versus Pollyanna Viana. Dana versus Ricky Tercios. I really like that one. That's a good fight. Uh, Danny Roberts versus Semi the Jedi's Matthew Semmelsberger. 
And then a couple of good explanations here. Uh, Jim Miller versus Guram Kutatlatse. He says, uh, just keep giving Miller prospects, see what they're made of. Guram looked great in his debut. He's been matched up a few times, but why we have we not seen him in so long? I think he's just got injured, I think, yep. in his, uh, ahead of his last fight. So hopefully uh, nothing serious. We will see him back soon. And then Norma Dumont versus Kayla Harrison when she wins the PFL tournament and ultimately signs for the UFC. Uh, PFL finals, October 27th, I believe. Uh, as she trains with Amanda and maybe wouldn't just come straight in to fight her, but after beating one of the only two credible 145ers, then the title fight is inevitable. So yeah, I don't. I think that's a solid suggestion, Barry. Yeah, listen, I, I'm I'm convinced at this point that as much as we hyped it up for the last couple of years, there's no way Kayla Harrison and Amanda Nunes fight, right? Like, there's no way this fight happens. I don't. It, it definitely feels more like a Nunez would just either either retire completely or retire from the featherweight division, yeah, and let Kayla run wild, yeah. Even though it'd be a, a pretty pretty decently, you know, uh, compensated fight for both of them. I don't think to, unless unless the UFC was guaranteeing like millions for both of them, which is highly unlikely. It probably wouldn't even headline. Would it probably wouldn't even headline. They probably wouldn't. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, we all want to see it. It'd be a cool fight. But keep in mind, yes, they are. They train together. They are friends. Uh, it would take a lot of money that I don't think the UFC is willing to shell out to make it happen. Right, and it's a cool fight. It's not one that the world is hankering for right this second. It'd be one like a couple of years from now. I'd be like, wow, what would happen if they actually fought each other? Yeah, I and mean, that's, it's, and that's okay. I'd rather see Nunez. I'm, I'm more sold than ever on Nunez Shevchenko at this point. Like normally, yeah, yeah. I was I like, that, I, I want to wait another year. We'll wait, like, do it for Nunez's last fight. No, after Valentina Shevchenko on the MMA hour. Book it now. Get it done. Be yeah. Pena. Let's just go. Let's just do it. Shevchenko's mic skills have really caught up to her in cage skills, haven't they? Like, I mean, she's always been a solid interview, but she's she's plays the game now. You know? Yeah. Now that Grasso's out of the JoJo fight, like, there's just nobody really at 25. I mean, if JoJo JoJo beating Tyler Santos is a nice win, but I don't think it's a win that everyone's gonna be like, yeah, give her a title fight. Because Santos, mm-hmm. I mean, Santos, Santos is tough, man. She goes out there. If Santos goes out there and wins. Maybe throw her in there, but I feel like that's kind of soon for somebody like that. But I think the winner probably fights Chikagian next, if we're being honest, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, I know people know by now, but we should remind them, guys, if you want to reach us, uh, I'm at, at DM, slide my DMs, guys, they're all open, at Alexander K. Lee on Twitter, at Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram, alex.lee at espionation.com. Uh, uh, and Mike, where can people send their furious Mike checks to? M underscore heck JR on Instagram. <laughs> No one's sliding into my yeah, Twitter just, DMs. Say it to my face. Say it to my face. Just yeah, just say send a video. Can you send videos on Instagram? Is that a thing? No, you can't. Not really. Not 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 I don't through know. DM. Okay. Yeah. Someday. So that is UFC Vegas 40. Mm-hmm. And just when you thought the UFC was gonna take a break, they're not taking a break. They're back next week with an interesting main event in the middleweight division. We got UFC Vegas 41 headlined by former middleweight title challengers Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori. Fight week should be very yeah. interesting with these two gentlemen. Uh, where's the trash talk? Have I been missing it? Has there have they not been like where's the trash talk? Yeah, so the, so people have been hitting me up being like, "Why haven't we seen a promo video or even a poster for this fight yet?" Um I was like, the promo of it like they talked about it a lot on the broadcast, but maybe like they put these two guys and did interviews with them and they're just like, "No way we're airing this. These two guys are insane." <laughs> So Mar- Mar- Marvin hasn't even tweeted since October 9th. So I guess he's in, I guess he's in full training mode, but I mean, he's done interviews. Uh, I think our own Damon Martin just talked to him the other day. So, okay, so be we'll on the lookout for that. Yeah, um, 
co-main event, Grant Dawson versus Ricky Glenn. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark is back. Good on her. Taking on Jocelyn Edwards. Yeah. Uh, Ike Villanueva is back versus Nick Negumarianu. Nico Negumarianu. Correct. Alex Caceres versus <laughs> Young Wu Choi. Dwight Grant versus Francisco Trinaldo. Uh, Lavina Souza versus Random Marcos. Jeff Molina is back. Taking on Daniel Lacerda. Jun Young Park versus Gregory Rodriguez. Tabitha Ricci takes on Maria Oliveira. Kamaworthy versus Jai Air B- hey, Herbert. Why am I doing Bobby A. Bear here? I've, Good I've, Lord. I've done, I've done that many times. I've done that so many times. It's Herbert. It's Herbert. But Bobby, yes. but the quarterback, Bobby A. Bear. Yeah, I like it. It's classy. It's spelled the Jai, same. Jai Herbert A. Bear. A. Bear. I wonder if it's a, a loser leaves town kind of fight between these two. Two talented yeah. guys, too. Yeah. I mean, that, but like we Shark Tank. You know, and good personalities, too. Uh, and then kicking us off, Loriano Staropoli taking on Jamie Pickett. So there's your UFC Vegas 41 card. I'm just scrolling up real quick. I'm, cr- I'm cringing. Oh, it's an early start time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, deal. I was like, don't be 10 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Eastern. This thing kicks <laughs> off, at least according to topology. So, I like w- this card. I actually like this card. I mean, a lot more than a much a much brighter uh, view of this card than I did uh, the one this this weekend that just passed. Yes, uh, I mean, obviously, the main event is the real fight with the, with stakes here, if we're being honest. But mm-hmm. uh, some interesting fights surrounding it. So we get a good main event and a good, you know, supporting cast. Uh, for this card and it's an early start time which makes me even happier so until then my friends i am mike heck that is alexander k lee and always remember don't take this stuff too seriously mma is supposed to be fun and we will of course have more fun right here next week even with you tristan cordette right here on on to the next one the podcast you're listening to the vox media podcast network The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.